Hello and welcome to another Kangaroo English Daily Digest podcast. My name is Christian and today is Wednesday. Definitely the best day of the week. <laughs> um, in the previous Daily Digest, I talked about pronunciation and how in English, consonants are king. Consonants are the most important thing. And vowels, well, as long as your vowels are consistent, the quality of the vowels is not too important. But I wanted to talk more about pronunciation today because a lot of students and even teachers, they are learning pronunciation or teaching pronunciation in the wrong way. Now, a lot of people, you know, one of their objectives when they're learning a language is to have, obviously, good pronunciation. And a lot of people try to try to get perfect pronunciation by looking at sounds in isolation. So by looking, you know, having a list of all of the, the phonemes of, of a language. So a list of all the different sounds. In English, there's about 44 different sounds. So you have the sounds and then you, you practice them in isolation. But in, in this Daily Digest, I'm going to show you how that's just not how language works. Sounds do not exist in isolation. And because of the instruments that we use to produce sound, which is, of course, the human body, and because the human body is far from perfect, um, then also the way that we put sounds together in English is, is far from perfect. And so I'm going to show you how important it is to practice sounds together, not in isolation. So I want to start with today's word of the day, which is queen. Now, queen is quite a common word. It's, there's nothing very special about the word queen. But today we have a bilingual word of the day because I've also got the word in front of me in Sanskrit. Now, in English, the word queen is spelt Q-U-E-E-N, queen. And in Sanskrit, the word is gna, which is spelt G-N-A. Now, the reason why that is today's word of the day in English and Sanskrit, you will find out at the end of this podcast. So, first, I actually want to start by talking about a Spanish word. Now, I don't know if you've ever visited Spain, but quite a common little tapa here in Spain, a common little snack food, are meatballs. So basically, they're, they're little balls of minced meat, normally with maybe salt or pepper, maybe with um, oregano or basil or some other herb, maybe garlic or onion inside, and they're floating in a delicious tomato sauce. Uh, and of course, you have them with bread because in Spain, it's impossible to eat anything without bread. You need bread with your bread here in Spain. Um, 
And in in Spanish, the the word for meatballs is albondiga. So it's A L B O N D I G A albondiga. Now. In Spain, they have something called the Royal Academy of Spanish, the Royal Academy of the Spanish Language, and this is the official arbiter of the Spanish language. So they are the people who say that this usage is correct or not, that this is the correct official spelling of the word, and they publish dictionaries and they publish. Usage guides about how to use verbs and sentence constructions and, and everything, and and recently, the the Royal Academy said that the alternative spelling of the albondiga, the alternative meatball spelling, was acceptable now, was official, which is almondiga. Okay, it's A L M. O N D I G A. So instead of being albondiga A L B, it becomes almondiga A L M. Now, for a lot of Spanish people, certainly the Spanish people that I know, almondiga is <laughs> is is a crime against the Spanish language. <laughs> people, they 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 hate it. They hate the sound of it. There, there's Maybe also like a class distinction there, right? Sort of, you know,、um, people with、uh, a poor level of education will say almondiga instead of albondiga, right? But this leads us onto the really important question, which is why? Why are sufficient? Why are a sufficient number of people saying almondiga? That the Royal Academy has decided to include it in as an official spelling, because they wouldn't do that unless there was enough people in the real world actually using it. And let's look at the mouth position. So let's start at the beginning. Alb, alb. So let's just make that B sound. B, 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 and just. Take a moment to notice where your 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 lips and your tongue and your just notice your mouth position for a B, B. So we have our voice activated, our voice, uh, uh, our voice is activated, and we have our lips together, B, and then we kind of explode with this with this sound, B. And now let's look at the letter M. So we have our voice activated,、uh, and we have our lips together.、Mm. So it's basically exactly the same. The only difference is that the B we have that little explosion of air, b, m,、mm, but it's exactly the same mouth position. So it's no accident. Almondiga is no accident. It's an example of something called. Assimilation, which is where, when we put certain sounds together, it's easier to substitute or eliminate some sounds to make our speech flow more naturally. So, for example, in the word albondiga, what people are doing is they are 
removing that, eliminating that explosion of air, because it takes a lot of extra effort. It creates a pause, a bondiga, and they're replacing it with just nothing. So they're saying a mondiga, which is much easier on your human instruments. It's much easier for a human being to move their mouth without having that explosion of air. And Spanish is not the only language to experience these phenomenon. This is true of all languages in the world because, again, all sounds in language are produced by our human instruments, which are definitely not perfect. So in French, for example, there is a three-word phrase, which is coup de fille. It's spelled C-O-U-P space D-E space F-I-L. Now, (laughs) I haven't studied French since high school, so maybe my pronunciation in general is not great here, but I believe that it's coup de fille. Coup de fille. Now, again, what happens because of that extra effort required to turn on the voice to make the de, when we make the de, we have to activate our voice. Because of that effort, when a lot of French people are, are saying this, this phrase, they will say coup de fil, coup de fil, not coup de fil, coup de fil. So, again, it's, it's a question of efficiency and less effort. It's just less physical effort to say te than de. And now let's look at Polish. And in Polish, the word for face is spelt T-W-A-R-Z. And the correct pronunciation should be Tvars. So the, the W letter represents a voiced sound. V, v, like the sound of a like the sound that I make when I'm playing Lego with my with my son and I'm pretending to be a car. V, right? So it should be Tvars. But again, it's really difficult to activate that voice quickly after you've just finished saying t which is unvoiced so if you listen to you know polish people when they're speaking normally they'll say twarz twarz so the v becomes they don't activate the voice when if you looked at the correct sounds in isolation it wouldn't be a f it would be a v so Now let's move to English and let's look at some examples from English. So a lot of students, when they're practicing their vowels, they will practice using minimal pairs. So a famous minimal pair is ship and sheep. So in the first one, you have a short vowel, i, i, ship. And in the second one, you have a long vowel, i, sheep. And Short and long vowels are a really important uh, part of correct English pronunciation. So it's a great thing to practice, ship and sheep. But here's the problem. Again, 
when we introduce certain other sounds, when we start putting sounds together, they affect each other. Because again, we're using our human instruments. So if I use the minimal pair with exactly the same phoneme, so if I make the pair of B-E-A-D, bead, and B-E-A-T, beat, you'll notice that there's a big difference in the length of that phoneme. So I'll say bead, beat, bead, beat. So you can hear clearly that the first one is much longer than the second one. And that's because of the consonant that comes after that voiced d or that unvoiced t. And there's another example. Maybe if you're sitting in your living room, you've got nothing to do, you might say that you're bored. Mom, I'm bored. <laughs> and we take exactly the same phoneme. Maybe you've been to the shop and there were these fantastic pair of shoes that you loved, so you bought them. Bought. So you're in your living room, you're bored, but you bought the shoes. You can hear a very important difference. Bored, bought. And this is an example, again, of how the sound is affected by what comes after the length. Now, there are some other interesting features. Native speakers will even change sounds. They'll completely change sounds from one thing to another. So let's look at the word, which is comfortable. Maybe you're on your big leather sofa with popcorn and a Coke, watching a film, and you're comfortable. But here's the really interesting thing. If you actually listen to when a native speaker says that word, the M, the M at the beginning doesn't sound like an M. It's not an M. It becomes an N, a nasal N, the N that comes out of your nose. Because the word comfortable, so the M Again, remember, so we have our lips closed, mm, so the sound comes out of our nose. But what we're doing here is we are combining an M with an F, comfortable. So we need to make a very quick transition between an M with our lips closed and then an F, which is where our teeth, which is where our teeth are touching our lip. Right, so let's do let's do together. Let's do M, mm, mm, and then we do F. Now, think about the transition between those two sounds. You know, that's really time-consuming. It's difficult. It's awkward. And if if you're trying to say the word comfortable quickly, it's like gymnastics for your mouth. So. Of course, what people do is they actually substitute that letter M for something completely different. They say, comfortable. So the lips do not come together to make a true M. But what we have is we have 
teeth and lips. We have the same mouth position as for an F, but we have all of the sound coming out of our nose like an M. So it's comfortable. Come. And you can hear that's not an M. It's not a mmm. It's a n. So it's more like an N, actually. It's more like an N. It's comfortable. And you can see the same thing again in the word input. <laughs> input. This is the opposite. Now, it's spelled I N P U T. N. But again, to, to transition from N, where your tongue is curled up and touching the roof of your mouth, to transition from N to P, to our P, to make input, that's, again, it's like gymnastics for your mouth. So we substitute. We actually change the N, the N, for an M. And so if you listen to native speakers, they say input. As if the word was spelt I M P U T, input. And again, you know, this is because, not because of some random event, this is because our physical instruments are not perfect. And that's why it's really important to practice sounds together, to notice how how native speakers will keep certain sounds that are important but will let other unimportant sounds blend together so it's a little bit of a case of allowing your allowing your 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 instruments allowing your human instruments to do some of the work that they naturally want to do and and that's why practicing in isolation is should be part of your 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 pronunciation practice but only part and the the majority of your pronunciation practice needs to be words together and and that actually brings us to our word of the day back to our word of the day which was queen and remember i said that it was queen in english and gna in Sanskrit. And with all of the things that you've learnt in this podcast, you can probably see how queen k k k, k became gna. K g k g. Just get a feel for how close those two sounds are together in the mouth. Queen gna. Really close. And it shows how, how language and sound can tell us not just about the history of, of one language, but about the history of all languages. And that's why I love language. It's a beautiful thing. I hope you enjoyed today's Daily Digest. If you would like to support this podcast, you can become my patron at patreon.com. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Christian. This is Kangaroo English, and I'll see you in class.